0: This is episode 170 of the Focused Mindset Podcast. Today you're in for a treat. You get to listen in to a conversation that I had with Dr. Linda Medcalf. She is the author of Counseling Towards Solutions, also the host of Solution-Focused Schools Unlimited, and she talks to us about how to communicate with our kids in a way that is solution-focused and why that's important. Now, it's quite a privilege for me to have Dr. Linda Metcalf on, but this is actually a replay from episode nine. If you want to hear the entire conversation, you can go back to episode nine. We were right smack in the middle of the pandemic, and I'm not going to replay the part that we talk about um, what going back to school looks like, but I'm going to revisit some important points that she makes on how we should communicate with our kids this is especially relevant right now because Dr. Linda Medcalf is about to have her fifth annual conference and I have the privilege of being able to speak at that conference. I've spoken at it before and it's one of the highlights I am looking forward to talking about how we can infuse solution-focused Uh, talk and questions into each and every conversation. A lot of what I talk to each and every one of you about every week. So she's gonna have this conference in July and I'm gonna put the link in the show notes, but you can go to Solution Focus Schools Unlimited 2023 conference and get the information. It's super reasonable. Anyone that has a group of people, a group of educators that wants to go, she has a wonderful group rate. And each and every speaker is going to leave you feeling so encouraged. What's really cool is that you get a replay for a certain amount of time of every single speaker. So if you've ever been to a conference and you get overloaded and then pretty soon you start forgetting everything, that's not going to happen because you can revisit either the people that you missed or whatever. So, I just really encourage you guys to go to the conference in July, and I had to take a full episode for you guys to hear how amazing Dr. Linda Metcalf is and how she communicates with you and with me about this very important subject. Sit back, relax, and let's get into the show. This is the podcast where you learn how to build stronger connections and have better conversations using the solution-focused approach. I'm Cher Kretz. I'm a school counselor and a solution-focused life coach, and each week we learn new strategies so that we can build our families strong and be the person that we were always meant to be. You can learn more about our products and services by going to thefocusedmindset.com or hop over to Amazon to get 30 Days to Higher Hopes. And I am just so happy to have you here, Linda. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So solution-focused therapy is a very big topic. So we are going to break it down today and just kind of talk about some of the the mindset of Solution Focused and how it can really help people to shape um, the way that they think, the way that they feel, the way that they react towards their children. But first of all, I was wondering if you could share with us, what is the Solution Focused Approach?
1: Sure. A Solution Focused Approach is quite the opposite from a Problem Focused Approach in that instead of looking at a situation, say, with a child or a teenager and saying, oh, they've got an issue, they're the problem, we look at them differently and see about times when there was not an issue. And, and what we might have been doing as parents during that time, if anything, uh, that made a difference to make it work better. And so it's a mindset, as you are saying, Cheryl, so well, and that it is It doesn't take a lot of uh, therapy background to do it. It's just a matter of putting on glasses where you see your kids differently. And you look for times, not just necessarily where they're just being good, but times when things are going slightly better, times when they're not having as big a tantrum, times when school's going better and the grades are better, becoming almost detectives with your kids'
0: lives and figuring out what's different, if anything, so that you can replicate it. And what have you seen, what difference does that make in children when parents use that approach? Oh my goodness, it's, the difference is so unbelievable.
1: Um, I've had the privilege of being not only a parent to three kids, all parented very differently, and then a school counselor and a teacher. What difference it makes is that kids, I think when kids make a mistake, they're ready for the adult to reprimand them, punish them. Um, they're not used to a parent that looks at it and it says, you know, I know that you forgot to be polite to your brother a minute ago, but I also know that in the past you've been very polite to him. And I wonder what you forgot to do right now and what you might do just for the next 30 minutes or so as you're playing with him. That's a very different approach. It, it lowers resistance on the part of between parent and child. And it gives the kid a chance to kind of recollect what they might have done. And when they do that and they come forth with the idea, they're the ones who get to be the expert and it's a better,
0: gives it a better chance to kind of stick and for them to do things differently in the future. There's so much. And you just said right there, it it stuck out to me when you said lowering their resistance. Oh, that's so powerful because um, so many things become a power struggle. Yes. And and I know in my work as a counselor and as a coach, actually um, the first thing sometimes I hear about is the power struggle. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of strength in lowering the resistance. It's not a weakness. It's a strength. Yes. Can you talk on that a little bit?
1: Well, let me just share a story from one of my children. Um, Actually, this is in the book. Um, My daughter uh, won EFG. She was around 15, I think. And uh, we answered the phone and it was a very deep male voice and i went upstairs and i said hey kelly who's this on the phone and, because i knew i had not heard this voice before this was a, at the time we had landlines and how old was she about oh, 15 yes okay 15. 15 and not dating yet and so uh, she said oh mom it was it was brian you know brian and i said kelly i don't think that was brian she said okay fine mom it was a boy i met at the mall oh my goodness yeah and i said okay um First of all, I'm glad you met somebody, but tell me, um, since you didn't tell me the truth at first, what could I have done as your parent that might have made it easier for you to tell me the truth? And then we had a con- quite a conversation. And you know, while I can't say that all of our children were angels, although they were pretty close um, when they were growing up, I would do things like that. Um, instead of saying, you're grounded because you lied to me. It was the question was, what can we do differently in the future to where lying's not needed, not necessary? And you feel like you can honestly tell me something. And um, it seemed to go really well um, doing something
0: like that. The first, it, it's completely against your natural instinct, right? Like yeah. what was, what was your natural instinct? Like, how did you want to react when you first heard that voice? Do you remember? Oh, uh, you know, I don't remember. Um, it was a while
1: ago, she's 38 <laughs> now. Um, but you know, I remember being terrified, first of all, that she would, um, talk to a boy at the mall and um, not, you know, and, and get a phone call. And she was new to the dating world and, you know, naturally I wanna be protective. But I also knew from, I, I feel very fortunate as a school counselor at that time that um, keeping the, the lines of communication open with teenagers I was learning as a school counselor was huge. Mm-hmm. And so while my husband was upset with her, uh, I said, hold on, let me try something else. Um, and it really did open some dialogue. Uh, yes. between us. And so it takes a little bit of, it makes you, this approach will make you stop and think, okay, before I go into the room and get upset, what am I trying to accomplish? There you and, go. And what I was trying to accomplish was to let her know that I still loved her and that I respected her, that I didn't like being lied to, but that I also wanted to know how we could go forth and make it better.
0: Right. And that
1: kind of guided me through that process.
0: So, it's kind of like you needed to take a minute to uh, look at the solution that you wanted before you went into that situation as a parent, yes, yes.
1: That's, and no, right.
0: yes, and recognize that I'm part of that solution in the way that I interact with my child
1: mm-hmm.
0: so now, another thing that in that very story that pointed out to me, we have to unpack this for a minute <laughs> um, <laughs> is that you separated the lie from her being a liar to the problem of lying. Yes. And I don't know, actually, you'll have to tell me if that's actually sort of a part of the solution focused focused approach or if that's just good practice, but that's pretty powerful as well. Yeah. And and I think the bigger picture
1: too, Cheryl, is that I knew my daughter Mm
0: -hmm. and I knew
1: that she's a, a good kid. We didn't have any issues with her, uh, or really any of our kids? they were you know like typical kids, they did silly stuff, stupid stuff. but um, in general, I knew her as a good soul, and she was a good student cheerleader. She was in the, in, the, in front of everybody all the time, and she got all kinds of you know compliments and things. So I knew that first. but this was just a tiny, tiny speck on a otherwise pretty good history of being a good person. And why would I want to blow that, you know, and instead more focusing more on the goodness that I saw in her and this glitch that she did and letting her know that I'm not going to be furious with her. Instead, I'm I'm interested in and knowing how we can take it another step to where she didn't find
0: that necessary and she can tell me more things. See, I can imagine, though. Um, in a situation where, you know, if we know better, we do better, but if you wouldn't have known some ways to approach this, that she could have developed a habit of, habit of lying, you know, and I, I know that there's many parents listening, many people that deal regularly with how wrong do they feel when their child is lying to them and how passionate they are about honesty. That it becomes um, uh, a real problem with them uh, calling, like I said, calling him a liar. Or you're lying to me, and making that an issue rather than how to fix it. That kind of goes into the exception. They need to look for the exceptions. And yes, yes. How what would you talk? How, what would you say to a parent that's dealing with that? That maybe has seen many, many examples of, like for this example, lying, and how can they see the exception? you know, the first thing I might
1: talk to them about is, you know, tell me about your kid and tell me about some wonderfulnesses about him or her. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, beside t- let's put this, this issue aside for a second. Tell me about those things first. And then I I'd, I'd usually when I, as, as a family therapist, which is what I also am, um, I usually see parents stop and smile and look at their kids and go, oh, well, you know, when it comes to this, this, and this, and he's so helpful, so wonderful and all those things, it changes the entire atmosphere. And then, um, so this lying thing that came up and, um, you know, tell me times when, when, and I might look at the, the kid even and say, tell me times when you thought about lying, but you didn't. And, um, and usually kids will say, well, you know, I thought about it before one time when I was out, you know, with some friends and we went to a place I didn't, wasn't supposed to go. And um, I had once one, one oh, I'll never forget this one girl came in and said, yes, I went, I went on um, a trip. And I told my parents I was going to be spending the night at somebody's house. And um, instead, I went down to um, the beach, which was in Texas, around 200 miles away. Oh, my gosh. And she said, but when I came home the night, on Sunday night, I went straight to their room. And I said, Mom and Dad, I lied to you. I should not have done this. This is what I did. You can punish me and do whatever you think. And my, this family was sitting in my office and I looked at the family and I said, how on earth did you manage to rear up a girl? Because this was the first time and the girl was 15 years old. How have you done this? Right. Rear up a girl with the first time ever has happened. And they looked at each other and said, we don't know. And the <laughs> daughter said, I'll tell you what it is. They're wonderful. Aww. And I said, how are they wonderful? She said, well, you know, they, they ground me when they have to, but I'm most of the time just, you know, I love them, and I don't want to hurt them, and that's why I really messed up, and I'll never do it again, and, um, you know, that was an example of parents, and they had called me with an urgent, urgent need to see me, and first time, and um, because their daughter did this thing, and they thought something was awful, and quite the contrary. Things were very good. She Mm -hmm. felt horrible about it. She had so much remorse, and, you know, as a result, I, I really doubt that the girl, after we had talked that day, ever did anything, you know, like that again. In
0: that same regard, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Because when you're able to pull out where she really was in her heart yes. and then deal with that heart issue and deal with her, her intentions, yes. then people are able to step away and go, oh, wait a minute, let's, let's reframe this right now, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And when you do that, Cheryl, you respect your kids, you know, I think that something that we hear a lot is as school counselors and, and family therapists is, well, when they respect me, I'll respect them. Oh, no, no, no. It has to start off with you respecting kids, you know, and when you do that, there's a there's a almost there's a bond that happens between you and your child. And they do begin to want to tell you more things and trust you. And when you when they do that, the relationship just soars and things get much, much better. And 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 it's, and it's a it's it's almost magical.
0: Yes, completely understand and I'm sure that yeah. like uh, many listeners that there's things flowing through my mind of examples of that happened in raising my own kids, you know. Yes. It's yes. interesting seeing it like you have as a therapist and then also living it with your own kids, yeah. you know. Yeah. Can you think of any time where a parent was very resistant to thinking that this approach would actually help them at all and then they were surprised when it did? Um let me think you know it's it, it is typ- it is not that typical with this approach because
1: this is the only way I work um, to see once in a while I may have somebody that you know after we've they've come in my office and we're sitting and we're talking and I'm asking about how they want things to be with their kids, and I ask the kid how they want things to be with the parent and they we talk together and we come up with a plan and before the session is over, occasionally you might be somebody who says well, do you think I should ground him? Mm. You know, as an aside, and we never talked about grounding, we never talked about punishment. Instead, we talked about a better relationship. And, and so my response sometimes is, you know, instead of that for right now, let's just try this out as an experiment and see how it goes. And uh, should things, you know, change by the time I see you again in two weeks or however long they want to come back? Uh, then we'll look into something different. But for right now, I see so many strengths in you as a parent and so many in your son or daughter. Um, Why don't we just try this out and see what happens. And most of the time, you know, when people are coming in, it's because they have tried all the punishments. And, you know, if I had one more parent who came in and said she's grounded for the rest of her life because she didn't empty the dishwasher again, you know, it would be so many. I mean, Please don't do that, listeners. Please don't ground kids for not emptying the dishwasher. Because, you know, kids, when they get into middle school and high school, their priorities are very different from ours. And, you know, when you look at it, it's very sweet because their priorities are friends, humans. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so there's other ways. Instead, just talk. You know, talk about, hey, you know, it would have been really helpful if you'd help me empty the dishwasher. And... As a result, I've got to do this now, and I've got so, much things, so many things to do at work. How about you help me to empty it together and we can talk about your day? That's mm-hmm. much more effective.
0: Yes. And that's a
1: relationship builder too.
0: It sure is. Now, way back before you were in the spot that you're in now, you worked with middle schoolers, right, even teaching them, I think I remember. Middle school, you, yes. My yeah. first, was a middle school teacher. Yes. Yes. And yeah. so you jumped right into the fire with, with an age group that is uh, probably I would say out of all the ages that I've worked with, because I've, I've counseled with preschool all the way through high school, oh, the wow. most turbulent time and the times of the most change is right there in middle school. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's lessons to be learned. So it's interesting that you keep bringing up when they get older. So parents that are with kids before they hit junior high, their end goal, if you will, of thinking about, oh, they're going to be growing up so fast. The habits that they create will help them at that time. It It really does. Yes. I was just thinking about that, how that there's a lot of power in that where you've seen the kids during their most turbulent times, but they have to take some steps before that to develop that relationship so they can have it when the dishwasher doesn't get uh, you know, undead, and they can actually approach something like that, you know. It's,
1: it's really true, and if you can uh, build the relationships before they get into junior high or high school to where they, they know that you're fascinated by them, you're not asking 20 questions, you're just fascinated by who they are and what they're becoming, and you trust them, and you let them know that, that you trust them, rarely do you have the issues in high school that some mm-hmm. parents do that just clamp down. And just because, and, and keep this in mind too, and I, I know, Cheryl, you said this before, but just because they're taller and they're in sixth grade doesn't mean they're still not your your baby that loves <laughs> to be talked with and uh, cuddle occasionally and respected and complimented. It's amazing what happens when, when parents just think because they're getting taller, you know, that I, they don't need that from me anymore, oh no they always need it.
0: Yes. They do. And let's talk about, you just mentioned compliments. Compliments, as the definition would be for solution focused, is very different than the the type of compliments that um, we think about. Because you've spoken and taught me very, very much in helping people be the expert. And there's ways that we can compliment that help them feel empowered and help them yes. feel like the expert. And I'd love to hear a little bit from you about that.
1: Yes. I mean, there's, there's. let's say, for example, um, let's say intermediate school uh, or maybe a, a 10 or 11 year old, and um, they've done a pretty good job cleaning their room. And when you, when you ask them, well, maybe you ask them several times, then that's okay. Uh, maybe you can help them. And that's okay, too, by the way. Um, you can talk to them when you're helping them. But let's say you, you see it that they've done a fairly good job. You could say, uh, thank you for doing that. Uh, you did a wonderful job. I'm, I'm very proud of you. And that would be a typical way a parent might say, oh, good job. But there's another way to ask it and say it that is even more powerful. And that is walking into the room and saying, oh, my goodness, look at what you did. You cleaned this room in a way that, oh, it makes such a difference for me. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate what you're doing. How did you know to clean it so well? How did you put everything up on this shelf like you did so well? I mean, I'm just so impressed. How did you do that? Now, the first scenario, when I just say I'm proud of you, you're the expert and you bestow the compliment. The second one, they're the expert because you're saying, oh my goodness, look at this. How did you know to put everything over here? oh, thank goodness you're making my day so much better they get all the credit. And when the kids get all the credit, not all the credit, but most of the credit, it pumps them up inside. And you know what? They're more likely to do it again, just mm-hmm. what we're after.
0: And so, yeah, two different ways of doing it. Yeah. And I find that when a child discovers, when you highlighted something that they can actually do, mm-hmm. then you're putting a flashlight on that. And, they're, and they say, wait a minute, I did do that, didn't I? you yeah. know, where they yeah. might not have even realized that. And there's so, so much power in that because they walk away from that and they remember that interaction. Uh, the next time it's time to clean the room.
1: They do. And, and really quick story. If you interested, I have another story that absolutely were, my third child, Ryan, we have three when he was around six or seven, we went skiing for the first time and, um, we went up to the, up, we were all new at skiing. And so we went up, the ski left and got top of the mountain and none of us had ever learned how to ski and we hadn't taken lessons yet. And so my husband and the two older kids went down the mountain and fell a few times and got up and we're fine, but Ryan was terrified. And so we were walking along He says, mommy, I can't do it. I just can't do it. I said, Oh, Ryan, you know, I'm not so sure I can do it either. And I thought, Oh my gosh, we got to get down this mountain so we can find, you know, meet the rest of the family. And so I said, how about Ryan, we just go a little bit and see what happens. He said, okay. So we went a little bit and um, I said, how about we go just a little bit more? Cause let's just go down. Let's just find a way down to where we can be with daddy and, and your brother and sister. Okay. We can do that slowly, slowly, slowly. Well, pretty soon he's going faster and I'm still going slowly and he's down the mountain mm-hmm. and we went down the mountain. And I said, okay, Ryan, we don't have to go back. Oh, mommy, let's do it again. I mean, that was an example of, you know, he got to be the expert and I said, well, you got to show me how to do this then because I, you know, had a hard time. Yes. That's an example of, you know, going with it. If a kid says, you know, I just don't think I can do that. I don't think I can go join the other kids in the, in the baseball park today. And I said, you know what? I understand that that's kind of hard. How about I just walk with you a little bit and we'll just see what's happening over there first. Yeah. Those kind of small little steps can often be so much better than saying, You don't quit anything, which I've heard a lot from parents.
0: Oh, so often. And you know what? I'm also, I would say that myself as a parent and in counseling, um, I sometimes will get caught up in the big picture Mm -hmm. and I need to take it down to just the next important step that they can do. that will help them. And it not only eases my mind, you know, it's what they can actual, it's a bite size instead of the whole, it's trying to swallow the entire sandwich or whatever. And, and what you want to do is you want to make
1: sure that the, that the, our, our our children and our teens get the bite size credit Mm. too. And they get, they hear from their parent whom they really adore underneath. Oh my God, thank goodness for you. I wouldn't have made it to the bottom of the mountain if it weren't for you. I mean, that's,
0: That's the self-esteem builder of solution-focused work. Of the solution-focused work. Listening to podcasts has been something that I found more and more parents are doing to kind of like pass the time and downloading. And I just want to take a minute to really highlight your podcast because I want you to know that I love listening to it. It helps me so much. And even though you say, uh, you talk a lot about how it helps educators, I think that a lot of parents would benefit from listening to your podcast as well. Can you tell me a little bit about how you decided to do this podcast and tell me a little bit about it?
1: Well, the title of the podcast is uh, Solution-Focused Schools Unlimited, and it's on pretty much every platform for podcasts. And actually it was my son who when I was, when we, he, we got together at Christmas, he was asking me how things were going with the things I was doing for um, the books that I've I've written and, and some, and a conference I was developing. And he said, mom, have you ever done a podcast? And I said, no, I said, I wouldn't know where to start. And he said, well, just look at, look at anchor. And so I said, okay, I'll think about it. You know, that's just one more thing to do. And then then one day I thought, okay, I'm going to find a quiet place in the house and I'm just going to go talk about what I love talking about, which is schools. Always, It's always been schools that I've always loved going into and working with kids and teachers and parents, and so I just put something together and put it out there, and I remember the first time I uploaded it, and, and I thought, okay, we'll see what happens. Well, it got some listeners, uh-huh. and uh, pretty soon I got feedback and it was good. And I thought, okay, I'll just keep on going. So each time I I do it, I try to make it short, sweet. Mine don't last very long. There may be 15, 16 minutes. It's kind of uh,
0: consistent with the way I do therapy, very short term. There's a lot going on in that short 15 minutes that you put in. Um, It's it's something that they can listen to and then they'll think about all day long. That's the way I look at it. Well, thank you so much, Cheryl. This means a lot. And I will tell you, I, I remember the exact place I was in my house in the podcast that you mentioned me in, and I just freaked out. So what, do you remember which one that was? Oh, it must've been two or three back. I don't remember which one. It was a, it was, I was just like, okay, I'm going to catch up on, on Dr. Linda Medcalf's podcast. And it was, I, I was still enrolled in your course, Uh um, solution focused climate specialist to become a solution focused climate specialist in the California Association of School Counselors. And um, I remember I was in the bathroom. I was literally cleaning the mirror (laughs) of the bathroom. And so I could see myself and the reaction, which was really funny. And I stopped and I'm like, She's talking about my counseling session right now. (laughs) (laughs) It was
1: an amazing counseling session with with a student that I was just floored. How could you know you just learned the approach a few months prior and you were just doing a beautiful job with this child and she was responding so well? And I thought, oh my goodness, this is incredible. I got to show this. And um, yeah, yeah, it was marvelous the way you just sat back and not one time told her to do one thing. Instead, she came up with everything. And she was a, a quiet, quiet student. And uh, but still she was able to bring up
0: things and figure things out and solution build like the best of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, I, I almost used a different video for that one because she was so quiet. And now I understand the power uh, behind her being quiet. Yes,
1: yes. I think a lot of times when and this is the same with our children too and teenagers, when they don't know. It's because they're thinking. And so let's just let them think. And so then we'll revisit this. Tell you what, I'll come find you in about an hour and we'll talk about this again. You don't have to sit there and wait. And, you know, sometimes it's just better for them to go up and think. And when you go back and you say, okay, I'm very interested in what you've come up with. That again is a powerful way to say, I believe in you. Mm -hmm. I trust you.
0: Yeah. And I, some kids, um, need that time to process but i will tell you that using the solution focused approach um how can i say it it, it, you have to slow down to be able to do the approach and even if with parents if they're even saying i'm going to sit back and listen to my child they have to slow down their thoughts Mm -hmm. and stop thinking about what they're saying gonna say next
1: they really do because kids are not being they're not used to being asked what do you think about this what do you think that we should do when we go back to school in a few weeks you know they're not they're used to being told things and nowadays in schools we have such initiatives that you know in regard to growth mindset for example where we're trying to help kids get into the, the the way of thinking of how do i Solve this issue. You know what? How can I take what I know, and how can I go ahead and do it? And what we're learning is that the more that they know that the person believes in them, and encourages them to try it, and gives them all the credit for finishing it, that's what grows the mindset.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because as in our nat, I remember um, I'm re- being reminded of my natural instinct is bringing me back a little bit, even to that very counseling session that I recorded and turned in for you, is that. I will literally need to press my lips together to Mm -hmm. stop myself from talking. That's that, you know, I mean, Hey, I'm doing a podcast. I I enjoy talking. There's no doubt about that. That's, that's part of who I am, but in order to make sure and just doubly make sure that I shut up, basically I remember just pressing my lips together because I wanted to hear from them and yes. I think that's just such a powerful thing for us to learn to do because if we're sitting there as, as we're talking about going back to school, if we come in and we're like a, more like a soldier type, Hey, this is what we're doing. And we're doing this and we're doing that. And we're doing the other, mm-hmm. we completely missed finding out from them. We might assume they're anxious and they're not even anxious at all. You right. know, exactly. So exactly. And listening. Out, yeah. And you'll miss out on some great things that, might
1: really work for them like you know like mom if I could just wear that shirt that you know I like so much and I could put it out the night before and the matching socks and the matching shoes I mean those are the things we don't think about but they'll think about it or mom can you make me that sandwich like you did last week you know when I was home oh for lunch oh all right those are the things
0: you know and just we don't know until we ask Mm -hmm. and And listen. listen and listen so slow down enough to listen but that doesn't mean that it's going to take a long time
1: (laughs) no 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 it just means if we we can't help our kids be competent if we fix it all for them Mm -hmm. and so and if we when we rear up competent kids they go out in the world and they're going to do things they need to do Mm -hmm. and not depend on someone else and grow that way
0: yes I think that Most parents want to build up confident kids and they want to raise kids that will be competent in this world and compassionate individuals and have a growth mindset. And that's not something that they were born knowing how to do. They know they want that, but how to get that is a completely different story. Is there anything in our last moments here? Do you have a message that you'd like to leave for our parents? You know, I think and i'm lucky because
1: our children are all grown up now and i look back at what we did and i think one of the things i think we always did we were always there i mean i was always the mother who was waiting up whether it was midnight or one o'clock in the morning to say hi so glad you're here and even if they were a few minutes late i never said oh you're late instead i'm so glad to see you and that was my mother-in-law actually who taught me that but I think, you know, up, above it all is just to look at your children each day and realize how lucky you are and look for the gold inside each one of them. And when you recognize that gold and you say it to them like that, the relationship just keeps on growing. If your relationship is good, you won't have the issues
0: mm-hmm. that other
1: parents might.
0: It's all about building the relationship.
1: It's all about that.
0: Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Very nice. Yes. fun. <laughs> Before you go, don't forget to check the show notes where I'm going to leave the links to my social media and the different places you can find me. And I want to invite you to be a part of my email community. It's absolutely free and this year I'm doing so much writing and so much reflecting and I want to send things directly to you. I send the special notes to my email community and you can email me right back. You have a direct line to ask me questions without any barriers of a website or anything. Check the show notes for that link or go to thefocusedmindset.com and if you click on getting the journal prompts, you also automatically are able to be a part of my community and if you're interested in supporting this program there's three ways to do it one make sure you're following this program so it comes up as one of your favorites Two, share it either on your social media or with someone you love straight to their email and the third is to leave a review and i love reading those By supporting this program, we're helping people be solution-focused. See you next week.